This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to a very special Thanksgiving edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We do this every week, and we thank you guys for joining us. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. You can figure it out, I promise. He is the great Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL. And again, we are Baldy's Breakdowns. Please um, subscribe, review, rate, interact with us on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your great podcast content. Certainly the Radio.com app. And Baldy, happy uh, early Thanksgiving as we sit on this Wednesday morning uh, on the eve of what we hope are three uh, games on Thursday. Although, obviously, there's a situation in Baltimore here with, with COVID that could delay that. Uh, again, that, that's out of everybody's hands. But um, week 12, we're getting to the stretch run here, Baldy, um, and maybe seeing a little bit of separation. Oh, I, I don't think there's any question about it. I, I think in the AFC right now, you know, the, the way that Pittsburgh and Kansas City are just, mm-hmm. you know, answering the bell every single week and just playing, you know, just good football. I mean, good to great football. I mean, if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, Jason, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he hasn't been sacked in 148 passes. You got to go back to week seven uh, in that game against the Ravens. Um when, when Ferguson took him down in the third quarter. And so yeah. he's gone almost, you know, three and a half games here without getting sacked. And then, you know, their young receivers. Then, you know, look, there was a great game on Sunday night, Kansas City and Oakland. And, yes. um, you know, Mahomes, like you just – you get, you give him a minute and 40 seconds to go Woo. win a game, he's going to win the game. I yeah. mean, I mean, is there a better bet in the NFL about who's going to finish a game than that guy? Nope. And so, you know, and then in the NFC – Look, I, I was in New Orleans this weekend. We could talk about the quarterback and what they're up against. But there's a, every faith that they took the Atlanta Falcons apart, and they had been playing pretty good. Um, they took them apart. Like, they, they didn't let them in the end zone. Uh, defensively, they're, they, they're strong at every single point. They play without their best defensive back in Marshawn Lattimore. They, they, look, they look like they have separated themselves right now in the NFC. And then – you know, I mean, I think there, there's a in the Rams and what they did. Um, that is a great coaching job being done by Sean McVay and the new staff that he hired, Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator, et cetera. I mean, they're they they, you know, they they look really good right now. So I, I mean, I, I think that's kind of how it, it looks right now. That you know, if you look at the final four, to me, that's how the final four look with six games to go. Yeah, I, I, I think we are starting to see the truly elite teams separate, and we will definitely touch on some of those teams. We will have more on the Steelers and their matchup with the Ravens, some other key games uh, that we want to get you prepped for ahead of the weekend. But I think we'll start with some quarterbacks, Baldy, because we, we, we saw some pretty interesting stuff. I think there's three quarterbacks in the NFC South um, who, for various reasons, are being talked about by their coaches or by other people in the league. Um for what, for what they've done, and in some cases not done. Uh, and we're going to talk a little Carson Wentz as well. Um, but but let's go around uh, the, the NFC South here, Baldy. Taysom Hill had a uh, pretty wild debut, much fanfare, much talked about. Did Sean Payton make the right pick? We had a situation in Carolina where Matt Rule could have picked Teddy Bridgewater, who was medically cleared, but opted to give him another week. 
And got a look-see at P.J. Walker, who I, I found fascinating for a guy of that size um, to move the ball around the field like he did. He's intriguing to me. And then, boy, another day, another public flogging of Tom Brady by Bruce Arians. A lot of stuff going on in that division at the quarterback position. Well, let's start with Tom Brady first. Um, you know, because it's now 10 games, okay? He's the... He's he's over the last month, he's the lowest rated quarterback in the league on deep passes. And that's what they did the other night. They threw one deep ball after another into that zone net of the Rams. And it was one completion incompletion after another. And I went back and watched it. And you know, Bruce Arians could say, well, he's got to make the right, you know, a better read. He's got to make better decisions. But I mean, this is 10 weeks into this now. And you can say all that. We're talking about the GOAT. Right. And so you go, is this the right fit? I mean, we've used to seeing him just pick teams apart. Yes. I mean, literally, you wanted to take him to the state fair, Jason, and pop balloons. <laughs> right. And just yeah. like, get the biggest teddy bear. I mean, right. whether it was Wes Welker or Julian Edelman or Gronk over the middle, I mean, he just sliced you up. But it wasn't, I mean, outside of a year with Randy Moss, it wasn't these deep balls down the field. No. And you go, you know, and it's, I know they've got an elite core. I mean, nobody would deny that Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans is an elite core. But you watch these three vertical routes over and over again, and you just see one long strike after another. And you go, and then you watch the touchdown throws to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and they're short throws, and they're yeah. amazing finishes. And you go, that's the offense. That's it. Let these, let these, um, you know, the, these elite players just get the ball in their hands. Short routes and. And 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 I think there's got to and if they're going to do anything this year, Jason, to me, they, they've got to they've got to come together here, and they got to go. Okay, I know you want to be aggressive and no biscuit, no risk, and all that right. stuff, but this it, it's not working to me. And so the statistics say that. And then the eye test the other night, you go, how many more deep ball and incompletions you're going to throw? Two things I wanted to run by you because I been doing some work on this myself and not film work like you but talking to people who have advanced them and people who know Bruce Arians well and they keep coming back to a couple of things one what you just touched on the stubbornness of the scheme and the scheme fit and are they really making halftime adjustments are they really catering game plans to opponents or do they want to go seven step drop chuck it all over the place and then the other thing I've had some people who feel like the Donovan Smith is a little bit of a problem well, I mean, if you're going to hold the ball, I mean, I thought Donovan Smith is, is is playing just fine. Now, they couldn't run the ball at all the other night. That's not a good sign. But they didn't try to. Right. Uh, I, I don't I don't believe that – look, the offensive line, if you look at the statistics, they're not at the top of the charts with the way they protect. But, they, you know, they the quarterback's got to hold the ball a long time for some of these routes to develop. And so I don't think that Donovan Smith is the, is, is a big problem. Right now, and then, and if, and if he is, then you have to adjust the protection in order to help him. But I don't see it as a cons constant problem. It, it, I didn't believe it was the other night. Um, I've seen games where Tom Brady hadn't been sacked at all. So, uh, like I, I, I just think it's really about fit and what they're going to do to better fit uh, the offense right now. Well, the opposite end of the spectrum where quarterback yeah. and coach are clearly simpatico is, uh, uh, I guess it would be a little bit west, 
in North and West, in New Orleans. We knew that Sean Payton has been intrigued about this Taysom Hill thing for quite some time and that Taysom Hill was going to get some opportunity to be the starting quarterback at some point, whether it happened through injury or Breeze retiring. And then we'll make of that what we will, and, and Sean will figure out whether he's um, the, the truly the long-term guy or not. But you knew that Sean was going to put him in position to succeed, to play to his skill set, to use his legs and his arm, not to overextend him, ask him to do things he, he hasn't done in a long time. And what do you know? That game goes along. They, they pretty much systematically distance themselves from Atlanta and end up winning comfortably. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was there announcing the game, Jason, and so I was watching pregame warm-up. And when you watch, you know, Drew Brees has certain ticks. You don't need the name on the back of the jersey or the number nine or anything. You watch Drew Brees warm-up and just prepare for a game. There's just certain things he does with his shoulder, um, certain movements that he does, and you just know it's Drew Brees. I mean, you can see it from the very high, you know, the – from the catwalk of the Superdome, you can see it. And when you watch Taysom Hill, I mean, to his credit, you swear it's just a bigger, stronger, faster Drew Brees. Like, like he has a lot of the same mannerisms. And then you watch his footwork in a game when it really counts. And he's got this, like he, if he's going through his progressions, you know, I mean, his feet follow his eyes. And they reset. And fundamentally, he's just really sound. I'm not trying to make that it's going to be Drew Brees or that comparison. But when you just watch him, I mean, if I was a young quarterback and I was, you know, in the building with Drew Brees every day, I'd try to mimic, mimic him and sure. him all the all I could. And you could tell that Taysom in four years now has done just that. Now, there's a play in the third quarter. You know, Deion Jones comes up the middle. It's a throw to Michael Thomas on the left. And, you know, it's sort of like one of those moments. Is Taysom Hill going to stay in there and make this throw, or is he going to use his considerable athletic ability and just take off and run? And he just stays in there, feet, sets his feet, makes a throw to Thomas, takes the hit from Deion Jones, he gets whacked, and, you know, they get nine yards. So you, you look at the little things and you go, passes all those tests. And then you put the ball in his hands at the two-yard line, quarterback power, uh, touchdown, and then, you know, you run a play down, you know, inside the red zone. And, you know, uh, Emmanuel Sanders double teamed, Michael Thomas double teamed, really nowhere to go. You start scrambling, but you're not really becoming a runner yet. You're just trying to see who uncovers. Nobody does. And you just take off and beat everybody to the pylon. And you go, could he be, could it be Drew Brees, a younger, faster, more athletic Drew Brees? Like, he, could he be that guy? Like, like time will tell. But for a one game where you're 18 to 23, you make no mistakes. Like the ball doesn't hit, you know, I mean, you yeah. make fumble late in the fourth quarter running the ball, but that can happen to any kind of a runner. But as a quarterback, you, you play error-free football. Michael Thomas has the best day he's had in over a year. And you go, what's not to like? Right. No, it's, uh, it's incredibly intriguing. And, and as you said at the top of the show, the Saints seem to be one of those four teams pulling away from the pack. Um, only a one-game sample size with P.J. Walker, who uh, played for, you know, was has Temple ties, played, was at Temple with Matt Rule, who uh, played well in the defunct XFL and had a number of teams interested in his services. And again, Teddy Bridgewater medically could have played that game. They opted to give him more time, take a look at P.J. Walker, 
He doesn't fit maybe the quintessential look of a quarterback. He's smaller. Um, maybe not everybody's cup of tea, but I thought he played his backside off. A couple of the interceptions, okay, that's going to happen with a young quarterback. At least it happened pushing the ball down the field. Uh, but he, he kind of moved it all over the place on the Lions. And, I, I you know, I, I, I'm not against seeing a little more P.J. Walker down the road. Well, you know, he went in there. Look, I, I'm look. Detroit's a mess, but yeah. I mean, Detroit Lions out, and the interceptions were in the end zone. I mean, they moved the ball down the field yep. over and over again. Um, he spread the ball around. Samuel Moore, Anderson, they all had a bunch of catches. DJ Moore had a big day. Uh, the 52 yarder to DJ Moore, he can't throw the ball any better. Uh, you know, if you threw that ball on a Friday in practice, everybody would be high fiving you. You know, you do it in the game against. Uh, you know, Jeff Akuda, you know, was only the third pick in the draft. Yeah. And you go, pretty impressive. Yeah. And then you just look at just the patience, uh, you know, because we, we see all these other quarterbacks that are struggling in the league. And then you see this guy go out there. And, uh, you know, first of all, it's a belief in Matt Rule. He recruited a kid out of Elizabeth, New Jersey. He started as a freshman at Temple for him. They won a division title with him. Like, he believes in him. Like, if you get a quarterback and your coach believes in you, I mean, that's, and, and yeah. their team believes in you. Like, that's half the battle in this whole business. Like, it's not like you're drawing straws. Oh, man, this, what, what kind of option do we have today? Like, the coach believes in you. That's why you're there. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't ask for any more support. And he's got a good surrounding cast. Yeah. You know? and, and look, uh, you, you could look deeper inside that game and go, well, they're on their third, third team left tackle, the third team right guard. But, you know, his athletic ability and movement, you know, Got himself out of trouble a bunch of times and made some a lot of really good throws. I mean, you got to really feel really good about a guy like that. He's waited a long time, had to go to the XFL, just trying to get a shot in this league like a lot of guys. You got a shot, you know, when the opportunity knocks and you're ready, God bless you, man. Good job. Well, not a whole lot of attaboys in Philadelphia right now, Baldy, when it comes to the quarterback. Another... I'm just going to say opportunity lost, opportunity wasted. Uh, they can't get anything really sustained in, in, in offensively, period. In Philadelphia, the quarterback still looks a little manic to me that, that he, he he's pressing, uh, yeah. and it's not it's working. Jason. Jason, it's awful. It's just hard to watch. It's really hard to watch. And the worst part is this, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to play psychologist here. But everybody has watched sports their whole life here. And you know when a team believes in you and when it doesn't believe in you. And you could, I don't care what sport it is. If you're in a slump, you're in a slump. And nobody is patting anybody on the back if you're just in a like a, a, a year-long slump. And that's what he's in. And I, I don't believe it's going to change. Um, you can't really simplify the offense a lot more. I mean, there's certain plays. The ball just has to be delivered. If you hesitate in this business at that position, I mean, you're not, you you just are not going to function properly. And so when, you know, we just mentioned Taysom Hill and P.J. Walker, they got to start. They won a game. They both played well. Like I'm just at the point where just put Jalen Hurts in there. Like, I don't think it's going to hurt Carson Wentz. It's going to hurt his pride. Yeah. But you know, everybody should get humbled in this business. You know, he's got – they wrote him a big check. He was a big pick. Um, you watch Jared Goff take the, the the Bucks apart. He was the first-round pick. That guy didn't miss an underneath throw the whole day. Like, he was spot on. 
you know, Carson can't do that right now. Like, I'm just in a point where put Jalen Hurts in there. I don't know what he can do, what he can't do. Nobody really does until he does it. But, like, just even if it's just a spark, like, I know he can run the ball. Right. But I know he can. The guy started as a freshman at Alabama. Uh, you know, I mean. Yeah. Like, it's not like this guy hasn't played the position. He was in a Heisman Trophy run last year at Oklahoma. Like, the guy can play. Like, just sit Carson. Like, you – I think he's at a point where it would be the best thing for him. But they won't do it. They're just like, you're just going to keep putting him out there. And you're going to see the same mistakes. And so, like, I, I feel like what they've done with Cam Newton uh, to a degree where, look, this is what you do. Right. We're put you in a box, and this is our best chance. We're not a great team, but this is our best chance to win. And just do that with Jalen Hurts. Become a running football team. That's what they do best up front in the offensive line. You know, get your best run blockers in there. Limit the number of throws. The throws are rollouts, bootlegs with Jalen, half-field reads. Like, you can put a game plan together. And, you know, just take the air out of the ball against Seattle and keep Russell Wilson off the field. But if you go out there and you turn the ball over and you give Russell Wilson extra at-bats, I mean, they're going to lose another game. One other quarterback situation I wanted to take your temperature on in regards to a, a quick hook. Personally, I, I don't know what the Dolphins really thought they were going to gain by turning over the final 10 minutes on a day where they're getting whipped up front and Bradley Chubb's going off and the Dolphins' offensive line doesn't look good. Like, I, I guess maybe they thought Fitzmagic's going to come in and save their season in 10 minutes. But to me, Baldy, when you've gone all in for so long to get a young quarterback in the top five, the first time he hits adversity, you don't let him fight through it. I, I – I did not like that decision by Brian Flores. I'm with you. Now, look, two did not play well. Uh, he, for the second week in a row, he should have had – he didn't throw any interceptions, but he threw a lot of bad passes. Mm-hmm. And he did not move the team. But, like, yes, like this is what you've invested in. Let him fight through it. You don't know, like, when the spark might happen. Right. He uses a considerable athletic ability to go make a play. It's a, I think it was a 20-10 to 10 game. Yes, it was 10 points. Yeah. I mean, it was – it wasn't out of reach by any stretch. And so I'm with you. Like, I, I, I thought it was an odd move. And if you do it in that game, are you going to do it in another game? Right. Uh, you know, and so is this going to be, you know, is – and then you go, well, are you going to just quarterback yourself right out of this, you know, AFC race <laughs> right now? Yeah. I, because I think the Jets will give them every – like, they got shut out by Miami uh, five weeks ago. But I, I think the Jets are going to give them everything they can handle right now in this game. I mean, they're, they're playing better. Um, they're playing much better. I think Flacco, the second time around against Miami, will will know have a much better idea what they're doing. But I, you know, if they if Tua goes out there and he struggles again, and somehow the Jets pull it off uh, and get their win, it will really make things in that decision look bad uh, all the way around. Yes, yeah, I, I think it's trying to do a little too much. Uh, one. Coach, though, we, that we do want to uh, dap up a little bit here before we start spinning things forward towards uh, the Thursday and weekend games that most catch our eye. This Rams defense, Brandon Staley, I, I, I don't know if, if if he's on people's radars as a potential head coaching candidate just yet. I, I know he's only in his first year running this defense for Sean McVay, but I've been impressed by him, and I know you've been very impressed by him, too. I think he's the coach of the year. I mean, can you give the – I mean, obviously, there's Mike Tomlin. There's a bunch of guys. But um, if you 
I know they give awards for assistant coaches. I haven't yeah. seen a turnaround like this, Jason. I mean, you know, everybody knows who Aaron Donald is and Jalen Ramsey is, but I don't know that they know, you know, some of these other players on this roster right now, like Darius Williams, who just seems to keep showing up every single week and playing great football, or a couple rookies like Jordan Fuller, who had two interceptions, or, you know, you look at uh, <clears throat> the linebacker there, you know, and Terrell Lewis and what he's doing. And I mean, it's a lot more than Aaron Donald and, and, and Jalen Ramsey. And the scheme, um, man, they play a lot of matchup zone. They change things up. They give you a lot of looks. They don't give you anything over the top. Um, they are – that's an impressive group. I mean, I haven't seen a turnaround defensively like that in a year in a long, long time. I mean, I don't know what the comparison is. Yeah. But they are they – are, they are very well coached, and they play with the, the right amount of enthusiasm. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, look, I mean, he's going to chirp, but he kept himself under control. He's going up against Mike Evans, did a great job on Evans. Um, but they've got, they've got what it takes right now. I mean, to really go far in this business because of what they're doing on that side of the ball. And, and it's all Brandon Staley. I mean, it's just fresh ideas, new look, um, playing a ton of young guys out there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's impressive to watch. Most, most definitely. I am with you a hundred percent there. Um, all right, let's take a look at some of these games, uh, coming up the rest of the week, Tennessee. Boy, really did nothing for three quarters against Baltimore. And then 11 of their final 24 plays in the fourth quarter in overtime, Baldy, go for 10 yards or more. Uh, Derrick Henry goes from a guy whose first 18 carries, I think, went for 48 yards. He got cracked in the chest by Deshaun Elliott, left, lost a physical battle, you know, came up the lesser, but a physical battle for the first time in a long time. You don't see that with him very often. And then comes back in the fourth quarter, gets a 24-yard run a 29-yard run. Um, maybe the Titans got a little bit of their mojo back. Um, you know, Vrabel was going at it with Harbaugh. They meet up with a Colts team that went and out physical Green Bay and uh, picked up a good win. And we know that Frank Reich will keep running the ball, will keep leaning on his heavy personnel and tight ends, um, and, and, and it, it serves them well. They're not asking Phillip Rivers to do too much. Uh, they've got a physical offensive line. They got a physical defensive line. This is an interesting matchup. It's a good matchup. I went back and watched Derrick Henry's 28 runs. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's old cliche, you know, you got to keep chopping wood. You just keep chopping and finally the, the tree will fall, right? So, um, to your point, in that first half, Derrick Henry ran 13 times for 37 yards. You know, and Patrick Queen and – you know, Derek Wolf and those guys are just attacking the line yeah. of scrimmage. Sean Elliott attacking, attacking the line of scrimmage. And there wasn't a lot of daylight. No. And they did everything right in that first half. The second half, he goes 15 carries for 96 yards, including the 29-yard winner. And it, it, the, the tree fell. And you could just see him physically wear the Ravens down. I mean, you see Patrick Queen get his helmet kicked off and he's yeah. grabbing his face. And Derek Wolf is face down on the ground. I mean, he punishes you. And it's a credit to Arthur Smith, the uh, the offense coordinator. Yes. Time, to just stay with it and don't give up on it. And know that in the second half, and then in this case, the overtime, it's gonna be it's gonna be what's gonna win it for you. And so it, it this this matchup with Indianapolis can be really good because Indianapolis's defense, um so man, fast. Oh my god. Like I 
I can't imagine. Like, I'm watching Darius Leonard, Jason, cover Devontae Adams. Like, in the slot. Like, what other defense would even uh-huh. think about putting their middle linebacker on, on maybe the best wide receiver in the game right now? I mean, what other – and he does it. And so – that's just an example. But Julian Blackman at safety, yes. I mean, he's just, he, he, he causes the fumble in overtime. Um, somehow DeForest Buckner goes from rushing the passer to going 30 yards to the sideline to recover the fumble. But that's what Matt Eberflus and this defense does. You could talk about a different player. Rocky Asin gets his first interception this year. Um, they went after him early in the game. He picks off Aaron Rodgers. Put that one on your mantle, you know, son. That's uh, one you want to remember and keep for a long time. This, this is a great matchup on so many different levels. It really is. Um, th- these two teams, they're going to be in the playoffs in January. They may meet a third time this year, but this may be a prelude to what we see in January. It, it has, as an analyst, this gives you a full day's of work, this game right here. Do you have a lean? Obviously, the Colts prevailed the, the last time, and if they sweep, that would be humongous in terms of the division. I like the way the Colts are playing right now. Uh, you know, the Jonathan Taylor, the rookie running back, you know, he fumbled against the Ravens. It cost him a touchdown. It was probably the difference in a game that for that game against Baltimore a month ago. But they leaned on him heavily the other day, and they need him. They need him. Frank Reich is a big believer in the three tight ends. Half of Phillip Rivers' touchdown passes this year to tight ends. He's playing better, more within himself. He's not just chucking it up there and – the way he could with, with the Chargers when he had elite talent on the outside. This Michael Pittman Jr. Mm-hmm. just keeps kind of coming on. Like he's going to be that guy eventually. Um, I don't know if he's going to be you know, ever be Keenan Allen. I'm not going to say that. But he, he has a chance to be like a Michael Williams type that, you know, Phillip played with there with the Chargers. And so I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards the Colts right now just because of how well they're playing on both sides of the ball defensively. They're a top five defense in every category. Um, but the eye test is, man, they got speed. They race to the football. They protect the back end. Um, you know, they're they're difficult to play against. Well, Baldy, uh, we mentioned the Colts exerted their will on Green Bay. Green Bay now faces another very physical defense, probably not as fast, but um, one that knows them pretty good, knows their tendencies. Uh, Chicago can't run the ball much, unfortunately, for them, which is the best way to attack Mike Pettin's defense. But it's a divisional game. Uh, I, I, you never quite know how these things are going to go. Packers, Bears, what do you see here? Uh, you, you think right away it's going to be low scoring. It usually is. I mean, go back to any year, especially this time of the year, it's going to be low scoring. Um, you know, they have um, – They've got him the final week of the season, you know, in Chicago. It'll be, you know, just a blizzard probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, I mean, look, Chicago's defense, I don't know if Akeem Hicks, what his status is. When he goes out of the lineup, they're just not the same defense. Yeah. He just has a presence inside that's unmatched by anybody else. So I, I, I don't really know what his status is right now. But, um, look, I mean, Chicago's offense is a mess. Yeah. It starts up front. I, I think – they're the worst offensive line of football right now. Um, it, it, it's it's a collective issue. Like, just how they protect. Nick Foles has struggled behind it. 
Um, only Carson Wentz right now over the last month is playing worse football than Nick Foles. Uh, he's a product of that line. I don't know that they can – it doesn't look like they've changed the offensive line coach. They've changed some personnel. Nothing is getting fixed up front. Um, Cordero Patterson was the one bright spot on that offense. Um, you know, look, look, I mean, you kick to him and he takes it to the house on a, you know, kickoff return, you know, you, you, you find something else on special teams, maybe you keep this game close. But I, I think Aaron Rodgers bounces back pretty quickly after a disappointing loss in overtime. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're certainly going to, they're certainly going to need to. Um, and if Aaron Rodgers is going to make this an MVP race after all, then he's going to have to catch up to one Patrick Mahomes right now. Baldy, you talked about the amazing drive to, to put the Raiders away and that we all kind of thought it was coming. Um, it looks to me like Patrick Mahomes is um, going to run away with that thing if he stays healthy. They have a huge game with uh, with Tampa, and, and it's the young goat versus the old goat trending in different directions. Can the Bucks hang around in this one? And And – are the Bucks slipping a little bit? We're talking so much about Brady because his coach rips him every five minutes. But has the Bucks defense slipped at all in your eyes? Well, they play a lot of zone, and you know, good quarterbacks. I mean, like you know, Mahomes against this. I don't. <clears throat> you might not get the deep shots you want to get against you know to Tyreek Hill, but you're going to work the middle of the field in these linebackers in space over and over again. And I have a feeling Mahomes, the way that he's able to extend plays and the way that guys play around him when he extends, especially Kelsey, I mean, you can't just – you have to change up on Mahomes. I think if you just line up and you're <clears> – <throat> we're going to play a disciplined zone defense like, the, say, the Carolina Panthers try to do, I mean, he's just going to slice you up. Um, but you better – but you're going to – he's going to score one way or the other. So you have to you have to go in the mindset that you better score thirty points. You got to score thirty to beat the Chiefs, you know. And so, you know, he gets the ball last week, you know, with a minute and forty three seconds to go. It takes him a minute and fifteen seconds to go seventy five yards, like seven plays. Like there's like these teams that run these drills now, Jason. Like they got these routes that are going to the sideline. Yeah, on the run. So that these guys are getting out of bounds. They don't have to worry about stopping a the clock. They stop the clock by the routes and how they attack them. You know, and so, I mean, there was no question that the Raiders just, you know, they scored too quickly and they left them too much time. I, I, if they had a minute, they would have scored. So I just think right now, you know, Kansas City, like, um, I'm sure Brady's going to have a bounce back game. He, he's not going to throw two interceptions. I, I don't believe. Um, although he's up to nine right now, yeah, so, yep, that's a lot for him. But I like the way the Chiefs, you know, just answer the bell over and over and over again. And all these games, what they do though, Jason, is they really start getting you tested for January. Right. To me, that's what this is about. Like, let's let's work on our weakness. Let's see another opponent. Let's see, you know, a good set of inside linebackers. We may see that in the playoffs in the AFC. Um, who knows? Maybe we see him in Tampa, you know, in, in, in February. Let's use every one of these games to test ourselves. And to me, all it does is just keep sharpening Mahomes and sharpening the offense. And it gives Spagnola more things to look at to get ready. Because for the Chiefs, it's about repeating. And so 
what can we do to keep ourselves sharp against a quality team on the road, all those kind of things? Uh, two more games we want to get to, and we'll save uh, Ravens-Steelers for last. And I know that this doesn't look like a marquee game, but I, I think we, we both want to give a credit where it's due. Raiders-Falcons, um, you know, I, I, I know Atlanta lost. Uh, to New Orleans last week, but I think Raheem Morris has quietly done a heck of a job getting them back to playing competitive football. And the Raiders, this offense, Baldy, I mean, <laughs> I got you know, John Gruden, Derek Carr, I, I didn't know that this marriage would last. Mm-hmm. Um, not only has it lasted, it's flourishing. Yeah. Uh, they're overcoming a very limited defense. They, they, you know, they, they, they can play with the Chiefs. We know that for sure. Um, that looks like a playoff team to me, Baldy. It does. It does to me too. <clears throat> you know, I, I said, I didn't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I know Derek Carr can throw for more yards than he did Sunday night. And I know he can throw for more touchdowns in a game, but I don't know if he can play any better. I mean, because you, you look at the throws, the decision-making, you look at the design of the plays. I mean, John Gruden is, he, he's, he's putting the hours in, Like he's working this thing. And he's got a lot of pieces. Darren Waller, like they're they're Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs are, you know, Ruggs isn't, you know, Tyreek Hill yet, but he, he has a chance. But they use his speed in ways that just open things up. Um, the running game is just really, really good football up front, the way that they control the line of scrimmage. But I mean, Derek Carr's decision making, it, it's hard to find a flaw in anything that he's doing right now. And he's just stacking one good game after another. And so I think that they're just going to keep getting better because they have now finally just, you know, and even last week, um, you know, with the COVID and the defense not being able to practice and nine players out until game time, all that stuff. Like you can tell that no amount of adversity like that is going to affect this team right now. In fact, I think they actually thrive on it. And so Richie Incognito is not coming back. Um, We're probably not going to see Trent Brown at right tackle. Right. So these are our guys, Denzel Goods at left guard and Sam Young and all the guys they got, like they're going to battle with the guys that are there and they're, they're playing good football. And that's a sign of good coaching right now. Well, Baldy, if they play this game and it is a still a big if, as we record this uh, Wednesday morning, but if we get Ravens Steelers Thursday night, it obviously would be the marquee matchup of Thanksgiving day. Uh, the Ravens dealing with a serious COVID situation. If they do play this game, um, because of injury, you're looking at, uh, in all likelihood, no Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams in their front seven. You're looking at no Pernell McPhee, um, who's quietly one of their best players because he's on the COVID-restricted list. J.K. Dobbins, who tore up the Steelers with the outside zone and the pick plays and the sprints off tackle in the first meeting. He's out. Ingram's out, although Ingram's being phased out anyway. Um Baltimore's lost three or four. Baltimore just got punked at home by by a Titans team that out-physicaled them. Uh, and here are the Steelers coming in riding high, haven't lost uh, this season, and no one can remember the last time somebody put a hand on Ben Roethlisberger. I know that you say you throw all that stuff out when these two teams play, but that's a lot of stuff to throw out, Baldy. Well, it, the, the attrition rate is just, you know, I mean, the, the Ravens are just stripped down. You know, when you lose Calais Campbell and you lose Brandon Williams and Pernell McPhee, I mean, that's your, that is three great defensive players. 
you, you, there's just no replacement for that. You go through all your depth. You know, you put Jelly in there. You, you throw all the guys in that you are on the roster. You play them, and you, you hope that – but then the offensive line with the attrition up front there. Yeah. I mean, you know, this team is built and has always been built under Ozzie and, you know, in the present company. It's always been built in the trenches. And that's their strength. And right now, Pittsburgh is at full strength in their yep. trenches. And the Ravens aren't. And so then you say, okay, can Lamar Jackson just play Superman? Well, we haven't really seen Superman in a while. No, no. You know, and so I don't, you know, I think he he has a chance if all the pieces around him are at full strength, which they are they're not gonna be. And so, you know, I mean Pittsburgh knows what this rivalry is all about. Tomlin will have him ready on a short week. Um, ben looks like he's unfazed by anything. Yeah. I mean, you, honestly, the game looks like it's just downright easy to him right now. Like, well, when they, when they go hurry up five wide and he could throw it to, uh, you know, Ray Ray McLeod, he could throw it to Juju, he could throw it to Washington deep, he could throw it to Deontay anywhere. I mean, it's like he just, oh, who do I want to – you get you the you know, Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. It seems he's getting rid of it so quickly, Baldy. And the, the offensive line is full strength. It, it, it's a thing, man. I don't. I don't exactly know who's built to stop that real easily. I actually, I mean, it's, it's the Steelers don't want to hear any of this. Uh, they don't want to entertain the conversation. But I don't know who can stop them right now. Now, I mean, you can always have a bad day, and you know, I, I guess Ben could have a bad day and you know flip a couple to the other team. He, he has been reluctant to do so. Yeah, but I mean, you talk about a confident-looking football team. I mean, that defense wants to lead the league for the second year in a row in sacks and takeaways again, and they're at the top of the charts in both those categories. I mean, nobody's ever done that in the history of football. No Steeler team has ever been ten and zero before. But, like, they don't – I mean, they look like they can't wait to play their next game, you know. And so, you know, even when they struggled against Dallas for a little bit, and, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure the Ravens will give them their best shot. Um, I just don't think they have enough left to give them their best shot. Yeah, sometimes it's not always who you play. It's when you play them. And this is a bad short week game for the Ravens. And, again, this, this game could potentially be moved to Friday or the weekend or whatever. That all remains to be seen as, as obviously the NFL um, is in uncharted territories here with COVID and, and, and trying to get through this season as best they can. Um, this has been another edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. Jason Lockenfor, Brian Baldinger, Dylan Burns, our, our, our producer. Uh, we all want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. We appreciate you listening. Um, we will be back again to drop a new, uh, a new podcast next Wednesday. Um, and, and again, hope you guys have a, a, a great meal and, and enjoy whatever family you can yep. safely, as safely as you can. Day. Great time of the year. Happy Thanksgiving to, uh, to you and to all of our listeners out there and our growing audience. Um, really best, uh, best of holidays. It starts the holiday season. Everybody stay safe. Do the right thing. This, this holiday yes. might have to sacrifice a little bit. It's not going to be a normal Thanksgiving feast for a lot of us. So um, stay safe. That's the most important thing. Be protective and be pr protective of others. Absolutely. Enjoy the games. We will talk to you guys next week.